Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, an extension of Project Give Back in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Give Back Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the season finale of Project Give Back Connects, season three. Somebody asked me this week what my favorite episode was. And you know, it got me thinking. It got me thinking about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> you know, because there's an episode where Winnie asks Piglet, what day is it? And Piglet answers, it's today. And then Winnie responds, that's my favorite day. <laughs> well, each episode is my favorite episode because I get to introduce you to the most phenomenal leaders and role models. Today's guests are actually walking sermons. Every step they take makes an impact to all those watching with such admiration including me, actually, maybe especially me. Uh, these lessons that we're going to learn today are invaluable, and we're so lucky to have these spectacular people with us today. Our first guest is Jay Rosenzweig. He is a humanitarian, a philanthropist, a lawyer, and a leadership strategist. He's founder of Rosenzweig and Company, and is an expert in designing, building, and attracting world-class teams. Jay is passionate about global human rights causes. He's the chairman of the board of Erwin Kotler's Raoul Wallenberg Center for Human Rights. He sits on other boards supporting causes from healthcare, youth empowerment, refugee protection, and anti-gun violence. He's been featured in numerous publications, Forbes, New York Times, Globe and Mail, just to name a few. Believe it or not, he's a songwriter, he's a film producer, he's a husband, and he's a dad. And he's here with us to share some wisdom. Welcome, Jay. Thank you, Ellen. It's it's actually a, a great, great privilege and pleasure to be here and you're a true inspiration uh, yourself um, so it, I'm, I'm really thrilled to be here and good evening everyone um, there's a number of themes to the work that you do with project give back which are are truly meaningful to me um, including the the concept of giving itself and I think that the law of giving is really quite simple if you want joy give joy if you want love give love um, just make people happy and you'll see what, what kind of a beautiful life you can actually live. Um, and one of the other themes would be leading by example. Uh, and I've been fortunate over the course of my life to have met uh, so many individuals who have been great role, role models for me, including my beautiful parents who um, were very welcoming people. We growing up never had an alarm. We never had a lock on our door we just had people coming in and out and they taught me the the the, the beauty of all human beings 
Um, and then uh, as I as I grew older and and went through law school, you mentioned I'm a lawyer. I met uh, a number of great professors and and teachers, uh, including Erwin Kotler, who you had mentioned. Uh, and he taught me a lot of great lessons through the wonderful work he did. Um, I remember one day asking him what we can do in a world which can often seem so cynical or even indifferent. And, and he reminded me to uh, heed the words of the great sage Maimonides, who encourages us to look at the world as if it is half good and half evil. And if we look at it that way, then one good deed, be it helping a friend with homework or calling a grandparent to say hello or helping someone to cross the street, that one good deed could tip the scales really from evil to good. So in that sense, we really all have a cosmic opportunity to um, to make the world a better place and, and to turn the world uh, for good. Um, so many other lessons uh, throughout my life um, have resonated with me, including the Talmudic saying that um, if you save one life, it's as if you have saved an entire universe. Um, and as you mentioned, Ellen, uh, I'm I'm proud to be chair of the board of the Raul Wallenberg Center for Human Rights. And um, who better to uh, use as a role model to um, embody that kind of saying, someone who saved more Jewish lives in the Holocaust, 100,000 lives, more than any other nation in the world during that time. And as, as Irwin describes, it's someone who had enough compassion to care and courage to act really transformed our world. So um, in closing, I would say that every life is equally as precious and valuable um, as, as, as another. Um, very often in the business world, I feel that the concept of success is, is manipulated in, in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We live in an age where if you're one up on someone, if you have a nicer car than someone or a nicer house or you're making more money than someone, that's success. But to me, that's almost a sickness because that means that you're reveling in someone else's failure. So to me, success is um, riding the waves, looking at life as if you're surfing. Um, the waves will go up and the waves will go down, but the idea is to enjoy the ride um, and uh, not, not allow the waters to drown you, but rather to enjoy the adventure of life. And each and every one of us are in our own path and are, are, and are on our own path. And the important thing I think is to enjoy the beauty of life and, and enjoy the gift that God has given you um, and uh, live life to your own fullest potential. And if you do that, you're a truly successful person. And, and I think that to me uh, embodies what a true leader is. So I want to wish you all um, uh, a lot of uh, great luck and, and uh, to all the middle school children that I'm speaking with. Um, you have the whole world in front of you, and uh, I want to wish you the, the greatest of success uh, and joy and peace. And uh, I would close with the teachings of another uh, great individual who's become a friend of mine, Deepak Chopra, who says that um, you can't make true peace in the world unless you're at peace with yourself. So I wish you all uh, peace and joy on every level and a wonderful evening. Wow, thank you so much, Jay. I love what you said, give joy, give love. And um, I know you do constantly. And so does your wife and so does 
your son, who my son knows very well. So thank you for being with us and, and it's sharing your pleasure. light. It's my thank pleasure. You. Have a great evening, everyone. Much love. Take care. Yeah, much love back. Thank you. Okay. So next up, I am so proud to introduce this next guest because it's somebody I know very well and I absolutely adore. There are very, very few people who I know who are like this next guest. I really honestly can't put him on a higher level of respect and admiration for the son, brother, father, and friend that he is. Michael Callis is president of Harvey Callis Real Estate. His vision and leadership are a large part of the continued success of this very close family business. One of Michael's core values is giving back. He and his uh, and Harvey Callis Real Estate support over 250 charitable organizations. 250 charitable organizations, that's a lot of charities. He is a founding member with Baycrest at Home, co-chair of the Holocaust Survivors Fund, board member of AGPI, and a fundraiser with UJA Major Gifts. He attends almost every single Project Give Back Connects live taping episodes, and he's at most of our Jake's Jams on Sundays. We are so happy and lucky to have him here. Welcome, Michael Callis. Thanks, Ellen. Wow, what an unbelievable introduction. You know, my speech can be pretty short. Uh, if I had one piece of advice for the kids on this call and the rest of the world is be more like Ellen Schwartz. And that's all I really have to say. And then the uh, the message is, is succinct, clear, and effective. Uh, thank you, Ellen, for having me here. Uh, I'm going to speak quickly, uh, just about three things that came to my mind. Uh, one of them I picked up in a conversation I had uh, last week with a number of our salespeople, and it was the word just. Uh, it's a word that should be taken out of our vocabulary because uh, it's a very limiting word as an example. Well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a realtor. I'm just an accountant. I'm just a lawyer. I'm just a variety store owner. Take that word out of your vocabulary. Everything that you do, you can bring meaning to. Uh, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home father. I can tell you uh, we have, thank God, uh, four kids, three in 35 months. And there were days when I went to the office with three kids under 35 months, all in diapers, where I felt uh, going to work was the easiest part of my day. So let's revere and respect those who are contributing to the community in many different ways. The second one is passion. Um, I spoke about this a few weeks ago, and I think sometimes as human beings, we are waiting to find our passion. You know, uh, I'm going to hesitate to move forward in my life because I haven't found my passion. My experience is, is pick something, become really good at it, and you're going to become passionate about it. People will call upon you to speak on that topic. You're going to become passionate about it just by doing it and just by really getting excellent at your craft. Uh, work harder and, and 
make a greater commitment. Uh, Derek Jeter, uh, shortstop for the New York Yankees, said, there are definitely people who are more talented than me, but I'm never going to let anyone outwork me. And I can tell you, looking around in the last 33 years that I've been working full-time, I have not met anyone who is successful who doesn't work hard. Nobody. You have to work hard in whatever you do. And the last thing is paying the price. You know, I'll give you an example. I was in uh, at our Muskoka office. We were at an office party there. So I went up to celebrate with our team and they were talking, you know, one of the agents said, you know, Mike, it's amazing. You know, I call you, you always answer your phone. You're always on call, whether it's Saturday night or if it's midnight or on the weekends, you always seem to be available. You know, it seems like you're always working. And I said, you know, it's interesting. There's a price you pay for everything. So it's easy to look at life. Well, you know, woe is me. I'm always on call and I always have to answer my phone. And I always have to be available when I go on vacation. I have to be working. Uh, you know, someone should feel sorry for me. But no, I don't look at it like that. I look at it the other way. I'll give you an example. It's an anecdote. Gives me an excuse to brag about one of my kids, actually. So uh, our middle daughter, Mariah, uh, has been playing uh, competitive volleyball, club, school, McCubby games. She played on the B team at McGill. And, you know, I don't think I've missed a game or a practice. I mean, I just absolutely adore watching all of our kids participate in the arts and sports. Anyway, this story goes back many years ago. So she's in uh, just finished fourth year. So she's not a very tall girl, uh, but she's incredibly talented. Anyway, I get a phone call. I'm at the office, it's 2.30 in the afternoon, and it's Mariah. She's She says, Daddy, you will not believe this. He's like an emotional about this every time. She goes, you won't believe this. I just got called by the coach of the senior team. His name's John Child, four-time Olympian. And he's coaching the senior Havergal team. And both setters, the position that she plays, uh, are under the weather. So I just got called to sub in for this game. And I was just floored. And so when she called me, she didn't call me to see if, you know, if I could speak to the boss, see if I could get away. She was calling me to let me know when and where the game was. Because she knew no matter what was up professionally, I had the privilege, the opportunity and the permission to leave when I want to leave. So the other side of having of being on call and working hard is that you have the opportunity for autonomy and independence to get up and go. And, you know, if I've watched Mariah, you know, won a bronze medal in Israel, I can tell you a thousand stories uh, from McCubby. If you ask me what was the best game I've ever watched in my life, it's that game with her, the shortest, youngest kid on the floor playing with senior girls who most moved on to varsity careers. That would be the game. And that's the other side of being on call and working hard. So just remember, no job is perfect. No profession is perfect. No commitment is, uh, you know, incomplete. You have to work hard. You have to be passionate. And you have to recognize that there's a price to pay for everything that you want in life.
Great, great advice. I love what you said about the just because it's, it's so true. How many times have you guys called someone and said, hey there, it's just me, right? You're, you're putting yourself down by saying, hi, I'm on the phone. It's just me. None of us are just adjust. And uh, everything you said, Michael, bang on, so beautiful as always. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. All right, next up. So we mentioned that Michael is an audience member of our Sunday Jams, which happen most Sundays at four. It's a Zoom concert for all ages and all abilities. Well, our next guest is a performer and she's a jam favorite. Her name, and you've seen her before on Connects, she's back again. Her name is Lily Liebrach. She is a massive talent with an equal massive heart. Let me give you a little bit of background on Lily. She's a singer, she's a dancer, an actor, a creator. She's just completing her master's of music in vocal performance and musical theater in New York City. She graduated from Sheridan College in musical theater. She was a top 10 finalist in Mervish's worldwide show tune idol competition. This summer, she's producing and directing and performing in a show in New York at 54 Below. She sang the national anthem at the Toronto Blue Jays three times. She continues to make her mark in the world and she is here to perform for us. Hi, Lily. Hi, Elle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and to be among such um, incredible people. And I guess the lesson that, that I want to bring is there are three people that come to mind when I think of leaders and people that really bring people together. And they are you, Ellen, and your son, Jakey, and also my teacher who just passed away, uh, Mary Louisa Helen. And Mary Louisa Helen, um, for those of you who haven't heard this name, she was an incredible person. She was my pop teacher, um, singing teacher at Sheridan College and she loved the Beatles. So today, in honor of, of those three people of Ellen and Jakey and Mary Lou, I thought I would sing the song Come Together by the Beatles. And I just think it's so important to bring people together as these three people do for the greater good and to make a difference in the world. So this is Come Together. Shoot, call, 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 he said, I'm 
Michael was talking about passion and loving what you do. There is a prime example. That was insane, Lily. I know all of us will be heading over to New York and she will be up on that stage. I cannot wait until that day, Lily. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. You're awesome. Okay, our next guest, we met him in the most unfortunate of circumstances. He was one of the doctors who attended to our son when he was just a year old fighting for his life in the ICU at SickKids Hospital. Months later, we literally bumped into him in a swimming pool in Collingwood. After that, we became great family friends. He actually sat on our board for Jacob's Ladder as our medical advisor. Let me tell you a little bit more about Jeremy Friedman, Dr. Jeremy Friedman. He has worked at SickKids since the early 1990s. He's currently the Associate Pediatrician-in-Chief and a Professor of U of, of, U of T. His passions include looking after children and families, teaching medical students and residents, and his volunteer work as medical director and advisor for Make-A-Wish Foundation. He lives in Toronto with his beautiful wife, Shelly, and two children, and he's a huge sports fan. I am a huge Jeremy fan. And he's here today. Welcome, Jer. Thanks, Ellen. Um, it's a very kind introduction. And Lydia, that's a, that's a tough act to follow. Um, I think maybe I should actually sing my advice, but uh, that's not probably going to work out all that well for anybody. So let me, Ellen asked me to, to tell you a little bit about myself and then um, uh, a few of the lessons learned. So my life actually began very far away from here. Uh, at the tip of the continent of Africa, the beautiful city of Cape Town in South Africa. And that's where I grew up and went to school. Uh, but after university, I left South Africa and I came to Canada as a new immigrant. And after working for a few years as a family doctor in northern Saskatchewan, which is another story, I came to Toronto to learn how to be a pediatrician at the world-famous Sick Kids Children's Hospital. And I'm still working there now. Uh, more than 30 years later. And as Ellen said, my job at Sick Kids involves uh, looking after the sickest children who need to stay in the hospital, but also teaching medical students and other trainees to be the next generation of pediatricians and doing research into how we can improve the care and the treatments that we're able to deliver to children and their families. 
So when Ellen asked me to think of a few of the important lessons that I've learned along the course of my journey, I wrote a couple of things down. I'm not sure if you've ever heard um, about Nelson Mandela. So he is my hero. And even though he passed away quite a while back, I've learned many life lessons from him. He was unjustly thrown in jail in South Africa for simply demanding equal rights for all South Africans, regardless of color. And after almost 30 years in jail, he persevered and he ultimately became South Africa's greatest president and perhaps the greatest and most respected leader the world had seen in the last 100 years. And one of the things he said was that education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. And I came to Canada as an immigrant with no family, no possessions, but I had a huge advantage and a huge privilege in that my parents had ensured that I received an outstanding education. So please take your schooling seriously. It will set you up for your future success. The second lesson actually comes from my own parents who told me that if you love what you do, you will never have to work a day in your life. And what that means is if you set out to enjoy your work, it won't actually seem like work at all. And I have to say that after almost 40 years of being a doctor, I still wake up every day excited to go into the hospital and help patients and their families and teach and learn from others. So when you're done school, try to pick something that you love uh, to do as your work. Now, I've been very privileged and lucky in my family and my work life, but some of my greatest pleasure and joy has been through my volunteer work with charities. Um, I, I've had the privilege of doing volunteer work all around the world, helping sick children, less fortunate than us, through Sick Kids Hospital. And as Ellen mentioned, I absolutely loved helping Ellen's family and their son, Jacob, with the Jacob's Ladder charity. And for the last year, 10 years, I've actually been the medical advisor for the Make-A-Wish charity, which grants incredible wishes to children with serious life-threatening illnesses like cancer. And I've often said that as a doctor, the best prescription that I can write for my very sick patients is the granting of their wish. So my third piece of advice, being able to help is a privilege and it's a beautiful thing. And if and when you have the chance to volunteer to help those who are less fortunate or just someone who happens to need help at that time, jump at that chance. It'll give you so much satisfaction and fulfillment in addition to making the world a better place. Now, the fourth and final lesson I have learned is about the importance of treating everyone with kindness and respect and not to judge others without knowing their story. I've looked after so many wonderful children who look and act kind of different. Maybe they have abnormalities of their face that make them look a bit scary. Or maybe they aren't able to use their arms and their legs like the rest of us. Or maybe they speak differently or not at all. When you truly get to know them and understand their stories, they're actually just like you and me. 
They all have their strengths and their abilities. And like the rest of us, they all have their weaknesses and limitations, maybe just sometimes a little more obvious to see. Nelson Mandela said that people can be judged by how they treat their children or the most vulnerable members of society. It's easy to be nice to people who are rich or people who are popular, but the true test is how we treat those who don't actually have that many friends or don't have any power. So if you see a kid struggling or sitting by themselves, true leaders will sit with them and share their lunch and their thoughts. So to summarize, schooling is important for future success and happiness, but don't slack off. Love whatever you choose to do in your work life. Give your time and effort to those less fortunate than you. You'll get back way more than you give. And don't judge people by their appearance or their status. Always treat others with kindness and respect and try to get to know their story. And those are some of the lessons that I've learned um, in, in my journey. So thank you. Thank you, Ellen. Thanks for giving me a chance to, to share those. Jeremy. And Jeremy, I know Fiamu very, very well. He lives by every single one of those lessons. He practices what he preaches and he preaches what he practices. So thank you, Jer. All right. It's final words with Kindness Corner and Lindsay from One to Give. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, everyone. As we break for summertime, um, and so many of the incredible speakers today talked about the power of education and learning. We know that there's a lot of learning loss over the summer. And these are for kids who many, they're still getting back what they lost over the pandemic. We know that the simplest way to continue education is really just exposing kids to books and reading and books in the home. Um, there are these amazing little free libraries all over our city. And I drive by one every morning while I drop my kids off. And what I notice is every day the books in them disappear. Not every family is making it to a library, but these little free libraries, which are similar to the little pantries, they're often near community centers and parks and schools. And they're a great way to, you know, as you're just going through your house, put some extra books in for all ages. I put in the chat the website where you can look and see where one is near you. They're also really neat if you wanna have one requested to have on your own lawn. It's such a simple thing that can make a big difference. And that's really the power of this show with Ellen. So wishing everyone a safe summer and as always, kindness is contagious. What a brilliant idea. And uh, thank you, Lindsay. Now that she said that, you will see them. If you're out walking, you're gonna see them all over the place. They are they are truly amazing. And I do peek in and often on, on Jake's birthday, I pop in books and, and lots of them all over as a little special gift for, for someone um, on Jake's birthday. So everyone, I wanna thank you so much for being here. Thank our special guests. You truly are phenomenal human beings. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your love with all of us. My message to you, let's be kind to one another. Let's embrace one another. 
Let's learn from one another and we'll see you soon. Bye everyone. Open your heart today.